Hallelujah. Can we open our Bibles to Matthew 23? The Bible says in Matthew 23, 23, it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. It says, For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Can I have it in the amplified version, please? What do you scribes, Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites? It says, for you give a tenth of your mint and deal and come in and have neglected and omitted the weightier, the more important matters. That means there are more important matters in the faith. Praise the Lord. That means there are many things in the faith, but there are things that are more important than others. Praise the Lord. Of the law, right and justice, mercy and fidelity. Praise the Lord. These you ought particularly to have done without neglecting the others. That means we're not saying neglect the other things. But these ones you ought to have done, praise the Lord, as the basis of your faith. You see, the word of God is broad. The Bible says the word of God is exceedingly broad. And many people have not understood that the word of God, for it to settle in your spirit and carry understanding, a man ought to walk within the very patterns of the things. That's why Luke writes to us, if you open uh, Luke chapter 1, he wrote according to the order of these things. Because the order of things has an importance, are you getting me, to the growth of us as a believer. Praise the Lord. Some people have truth in a scattered manner. For example, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. It's the principal thing. That means if a man does not have wisdom, he cannot go far in the things of the spirit. It's the principal thing. It's the basic thing. It's the paramount thing. That's why the Bible says Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and in stature. Wisdom was on the, our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. From as he was a child, he grew in the wisdom of God. He grew in the basic wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Even before doing the miracles, he grew in the wisdom of God. And the child grew and waxed mighty. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. Wisdom and in stature. And in favor with God and with man. Praise the Lord. There's a reason why the Bible says with God and with man. There's a reason for that scripture. Some people say, ah, me, my thing is with God. People know. No. Ah, no, me, it's my business. Me and the Holy Ghost, the people, let them die. Let them go away. No, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. With God and man. That means you can't neglect God's people. You can't. You can't. You can't. The gospel is God and his people. Praise the Lord. You can't say that for me, I'm a loner in the gospel. That's not possible. That's not possible. Somebody said, be it far from me in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. By the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you realize that when the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart, you can't hate a man? I've tried to look for a man I can hate. I've failed. Because of this principle called the love of God. The Bible says God is love. That's his name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So Jesus, by the way, in Matthew 23 said this. He says, you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Of mercy. There are laws that are weighty. What is weighty? Weighty is something that is heavy. It's a burden. It's a burden. Now, he says there are laws that are heavy for every believer. They ground a man. For example, the Bible talks about the law of the spirit of life. That's a law in the things of the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin. Just like men talk about gravity, so is the law of the spirit of life. One moment you're on this physical earth, you have to calm down because of that law. Whether you think about it or don't, you have to calm down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So is the spirit. It has a principle called the law of the spirit of life. The Bible says of judgment. Of judgment. Judgment. You see, how do we judge? Matters. The Bible calls Jesus the righteous judge. He is the righteous judge. God is the righteous judge. Because a man cannot make judgments except he can reconcile what the Lord has put in him, the revelation of Christ in him, as he reconciles with his intellect to be able to make judgments. I'll give you an example. The King Solomon, a man full of wisdom. Two women come to him and they're arguing over a baby. And he's got to make a judgment as a king. There are two things. He's got to use two things. He's got to use his intellect. The Bible says, and he said, okay, let us cut the baby in two half. We cut one part, give it to one of you, and you're both arguing, okay? Let's cut one part. Give it to one lady and the other to the other. How are we going to cut the baby? With a sword, praise the Lord. The sword meaning the sword of the spirit, praise the Lord. And by that, obviously, the right mother said, no, are you getting me? Don't cut. Let the baby go with her. Praise the Lord. Automatically, judgment has been made. Judgment. That means when a man learns to reconcile his intellect with the revelation of Christ, he's able to make judgments on this earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means your human intellect, your reasoning as a man is important. That's why God gave you a mind. But he has given you his word. The reconciliation of the two for a man to make judgments. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Mercy. Today I want to specifically focus on mercy. And faith. Faith is the last. Now many people don't understand. And they're surprised that in the order of the spirit, the Bible says the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Of which men focus on, praise the Lord. But when you look at this order, you realize that it comes as the fourth thing. Very interesting. Very interesting. But as I minister, you'll understand why. For example, in 2 Corinthians 5.1, the Bible says, For we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle, we are dissolved. We have a building of God. We have a building of God. And house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. Praise the Lord. Next line. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house. Praise the Lord. Which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Next line. For we that are in this tabernacle, this body, do groan. 
being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up by life. I wish somebody understood that. That this mortality may be swallowed up by Zoe. That's why we groan. That's why we speak in tongues. Praise the Lord. Next line. Now he that has wrought us the same self thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of spirit. Give it to me in the amplified version. It says, now he who has fashioned us, preparing and making us fit for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. That means the Holy Spirit in us, what's our appetite? Praise the Lord. That there's a heavenly house, are you getting me, that we have? It gives us a test, are you getting me, of what we have. The message version actually explains it better. It says the spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a test of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we will never settle for less. Those tongues, that's heaven. Praise the Lord. Those visions, that's heaven. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost whets your appetite a bit. Praise the Lord. You're there, you're speaking in tongues. You see the world. Praise the Lord. He's whetting your appetite. You're there speaking in tongues. He sees a multi-million dollar business. Listen, he's trying to stir you up. He's trying to get your attention that there's more. That's why we don't settle for less. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. How many understand me? There are things that you even fear to say them. Sometimes you're there in your bed. You see something crazy and you're like, what if I say it? Will they believe it? Ah, that's the Holy Ghost. He's giving you appetite. Like, hey, are you getting me? He wants you to seek him more. He's like, hey, there's this, there's more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, let me tell you as a minister, God has done certain things and you realize, man, this is not in my realm of faith. Let me tell you, the first time a blind eye opened in my face, I also wanted to run away a bit. He was giving me appetite a bit like, hey, hey. In fact, I remember <laughs> some years ago, Apostle Grace said, pastors pray. The usual thing, pastors pray. So we are laying hands on these people. And he was on the pulpit, he was on the top. They brought this lady, she was quite old. I remember she was quite old. She looked older than she really was. Praise the Lord. And I didn't know she was blind. So they brought her to me and they said, man of God, pray. They told me, pressure, what? Bones, you know those usual things, old people. I was like, I lay hands, where? How are you? And pressure the heart. I, you know, I'm laying and like, are you okay? I check here. Then they said she's blind. Like they whispered. They said she's blind. I said, what? Blind. Oh, I was already, you know, I had already seen a few. I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that blind spirit. Ha! Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I was the first person whose buttons she touched counting. I said, <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey! Then I, of course, I acted like it was normal. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost in us. He's whetting your appetite. He makes you taste a bit like souls. That's the ministry of the Holy Ghost. He is the guarantee of the promise. Oh, that's why when you understand this thing, that becomes tongues and the word and living in the realm. That becomes your life. You know, when you see what's happening here, we saw it before this wasn't there. And sometimes the Holy Spirit would whet our appetite of what's coming. But today when I look back, it was not possible to believe that this would be happening. 
No, 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 no. If you're in the flesh, you'd say, these guys are playing. They don't know what they're saying. But the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, I want to warn you. I'm saying warning. Don't play. Are you getting me? Whenever you're speaking in tongues, you're in the word, you're walking, then you see things. Take a note. Put it in your diary. This happened. Are you getting me? At 8 p.m. I saw my ministry. Put it clearly. I saw it. He says, we have this building. Hey, hey, we are in the body, but we have this building. Next line. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, I mean, that makes you realize that you are in the body. We are absent from the Lord. Why? Because we are in this physical realm. That while we are in the body, the Bible says we are absent from the Lord. Are you hearing me? When a man understands that principle, he realizes that his real life is in Christ. He's like, wait a minute. I see things that I don't see here. That means I'm in a body. And because of that, the Bible says, for we walk by faith. Are you getting me? Why do we walk by faith? Because we're in the body. We're not with the Lord. So we walk by faith. That means faith is a consequence of living in the body. I don't know whether you get me. We walk by faith. Why? Because we are absent from the Lord. Faith now becomes a consequence. It's not the beginning place. You know, the devil has tricked very many men. The devil has tricked very many. That's why you look there. The Bible says it, he calls it faith as the last point. Why? Because these things you have to understand. Faith, why? Listen. What happened? They told you that there was a man. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. They have told you of the grace. Now because they have told you of the grace, do you realize the only way you can receive it is by faith. Faith follows. Faith is a medium, are you getting me, of the grace God has made available. Many people are struggling because they are starting by faith. The Bible says, for we are saved by grace. That order is important through faith. That means as you're by the word, your faith will come. As you're by the word, faith cometh by hearing. You don't start by faith. No. No. As you're by the word. That's why let me tell you, we tell you listen to those CDs. Listen to those messages. No. As you're there, something about you is attracted and it can only connect by faith. That's why never worry about your faith. Focus on him. The Bible calls him the author. He begins it. This God begins your faith. Don't say I don't have enough faith. No. You look unto Jesus. The Bible says the author. That means if you don't have faith, look at Jesus. The Bible says when she heard of Jesus, she heard. Hey! He said that one, I only touched the hem. I try to imagine what they said. Faith becomes a result of the woman trying to connect with what she has heard. Because the word of God, are you getting me? His spirit. His spirit. The only way a man in the body can connect is by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why, let me tell you, when you are by the word, don't worry. Let me tell you, do you know how many things have happened to me just because I'm around the word? Just like that. Sometimes many of you are by the word and the swelling disappeared. They didn't even lay hands. Even right now as I speak, healing is happening. Listen, I don't need to touch you. Ah, you just need to hear what I'm saying. The swelling will say, ah, cancer will say, no, this is not my place. 
Let me tell you, I've spoken the word before a woman dying and I saw her getting up on her own without me touching her. And I'm just talking. I'm just talking the word. Praise the Lord. As I said it, I just saw her. That means she had and she rose up. Praise the Lord. Ah! How about your business? How about your children? I get him. There are weightier matters. The law. Understand these things. The law, judgment, mercy. Mercy is a weight. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, I've looked through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations. There is no man who God dealt with or communed without you saying his mercy. There's no man. It's impossible. God cannot connect with a man in the physical realm. And this principle doesn't apply. It's impossible. And today as I share, and I believe by the time we are done today, let me tell you, some of you are going to struggle with faith. Praise the Lord. Some of you are going to understand why you have to be a success. Praise the Lord. You have to be. You have to be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalms 89. Psalms 89. Praise the Lord. You see, mercy is in the classification. Because the Bible says God is love. Mercy is an expression of his love. It's the goodness, the kindness of God. Certain versions call it the steadfast love. Where certain versions don't put mercy, they say steadfast love. Other versions say unfailing. means this thing, there's nothing that can stop it. He calls it the unfailing love. The steadfast love of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalms 89, 14. It says, justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Justice and judgment are the habitation of your throne. That means what abides at the throne of God is God's justice and judgment. Actually, other renderings call that righteousness. Others call it rightness. Rightness and justice are the foundation of your throne. That means the basis of the throne of God. There's a principle that is at work. Righteousness and justice. King James says justice. That means God's justice is righteous. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means when he makes judgment, the basis of his judgment is in his nature. I don't know whether you get me. When God is making judgments at his throne, he cannot separate the judgments, are you getting me, from the character of his nature. Are you getting me? Because certain people don't understand these things. That's why they struggle to receive from God. Because they have a defiled mindset, are you getting me, of how God is towards them. Certain people have been bound for so many years because they don't know. They have vain imaginations. Paul says in Romans, they have a vain imagination of God. Vain. They have... Reasonings and things they think of God that are not. That's why it means to be vain. They're vain in their imagination. He says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. They're vain. And this is their belief. Praise the Lord. Give me a message version. What did I say? What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well. But when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness. And confusion. So that there was neither sense 
no direction left in their lives. Praise the Lord. That man also goes to a prayer mountain, are you getting me, and spends 40 days in vain imaginations. And then such men, when men of the world look at them, they say, no, Christianity, ah, 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 wait, let God first help you. Praise the Lord. Why? Because these men, yes, they profess Christ, but they are vain. They don't have the right understanding of his judgments towards them. They don't have it. This is basic. These are things a man needs to know. Now listen, God is a righteous judge. I like how King James puts it. He puts a full colon, meaning he's going to introduce. That's what happens at the throne. The principle at the throne is justice and judgment. But now when he beholds you, because of his nature, because of his justice, and because he has to make judgment towards you, when he looks at a man in the flesh, a man on this physical earth, he looks at him by his mercy and truth. That means even truth, are you getting me? He precedes it with mercy. That means the word comes, the Bible says your word is truth. But as the word comes to you, it's wrapped up in the mercy of God. That means God is merciful. That's why Paul says he's rich in mercy. Listen, the word of God, are you getting me? Comes in this manner that it's merciful towards you. Praise the Lord. That's how we receive it. That's how God makes judgment because his righteousness nature. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That means what reigns in the kingdom is righteousness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, when God beholds you, he looks at a man in the flesh, in this physical world that is limited and not perfect and lacks so many things. And he says, you know what? Before my face, this is how I look at them. I have mercy upon them. And truth. So that means every time God is dealing with man, he deals with man from the angle of his mercy. Are you getting me? That means that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians says, but God who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Praise the Lord. Next line. Even when we are dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. That means because of his great mercy, his richness in mercy, because of his love towards us, the Bible says when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive. That means he looked at a dead man and made him alive. That's his reasoning. God saw a man lost in sin. He didn't think. Because of this principle, mercy and truth, he made him alive. The Bible says, and has quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved. That in the ages to come, give it to me in the Amplified Version. The Bible says, and he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together. Giving us joint seating. <laughs> are you getting me? He got a dead man. I gave him joint seating. Praise the Lord. With him in the heavenly sphere. By virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Next line. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. That means he looked at a wasted thing, are you getting me? And he made it valuable immediately. How? And so what's interesting, he didn't get it and put it like at a lower level. No, he got it and put it at his level. That's what the Bible says, that he has quickened us. He has made us alive. 
and made us sit with him. Hey! The moment you're born again, you're sitting with Christ. Somebody say God is rich in mercy. That's his mercy. Why? Because he loved us. The Bible says because of his great love. Because of his great love. When you say you're born again, that's the reality. You're seated with Christ. Praise the Lord. And what's interesting, you see, there's a principle. Like I said earlier, you live in the body. That means you live in this physical world. Corrupted world. Praise the Lord. That's why Jesus said, he says, deliver them from evil. But do not take them away from this world. That means, listen, they are born again. They are delivered from evil. But let them stay in this crazy world. Praise the Lord. That means you're in a world, are you getting me, that's full of evil. But you're delivered from it. I wish you understand that. I wish you understand that. You're in a world that is corrupted. But you're delivered from the corruption that is in this world. That means men are failing in this physical world, but you're delivered from failure. Men are going down, but you're delivered from going down. Men are getting sick, but you're delivered from. Hey, let me tell you, listen, when you become born again, listen, you're delivered from sickness. When you think you can get sick, when you think you can get sick, you're not yet delivered in the understanding. Are you getting me? Now, someone will say, but you see, but I got a temperature. What are you saying, Pastor Zach? I agree, but you're still delivered. Ah. He said the inhabitants of Zion shall say. Listen, a viper beat Paul. Understand, that means Paul can make a report and say, well, you know what, a viper held my hand. But there was no consequence. That means you can have a temperature. Ah. Ah, you can have a temperature, but it has no consequence. It, listen, babes are the ones who say, you say, I have a temperature, I'm going to die. Ah, you say, I'm an inhabitant of Zion. Where I live, men don't get sick. He said, he used the language, shall not say. Because the moment you say, it's over. That's a temptation. Temperature is a temptation. Listen, understand, those are our temptations. The moment you have no money in your poor, it doesn't mean you're poor. It means it's a temptation. Ah, understand, the devil is trying to tempt you. Why? Because he cannot tempt you in our realm. Our realm is incorruptible. So he says, let me enter the physical world and try to confuse him. If he believes and says. Let me tell you, that's why we don't say certain things, not because we can't. We don't say them because of this understanding. Even when the landlord has come and he's saying, I'm about to evict you. Never say Never say it. Let me tell you, these are things we have exercised. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, learn this principle. Learn this principle. Learn this principle. Never say it. You just hold on. Just hold on. Before you know it, the thing will say, this guy, you can't lie to him. You can't lie. I've tried to fake, fake. That's a fake thing. Are you hearing me? Because the real you cannot be sick. That's why the Bible says if you're sick, if there's any that is sick among you, go to elders. An elder can get a temperature. It's possible. But he can't agree to it. No. 
That's an elder. He has matured. He doesn't fall for signs. Ah, 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 ah. He has the Holy Ghost. There's an appetite in him that understands. That's maturity. That's an elder. That's being an elder. I wish you understand this thing. That's the beginning of being a madman. That's when you know that now I have crossed fully. Let me tell you, these are things that have made us. We don't say that. We can't. It's the beginning of madness. That's when you know that you realize you have entered the realm of Fanero. Praise the Lord. You have begun. That's our fiber. And let me tell you, before you know it, you'll manifest it. You get to levels and you'll never. Don't worry. But let me warn you. If you're still struggling with some things, don't worry. You don't pay attention to those things. Focus on the words. That's why you come in these numbers every day. Because there's something in you telling you that these things are true. I don't see them yet. Some of them I don't see, but these things are true. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So watch. Mercy is how God deals with man in the physical realm. Now let me tell you something about mercy. You realize that mercy is tied to the athlete time dimension. Do you realize that? The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. That means God put a principle on the earthly realm. Why? Because he knows the weakness of the flesh. When you look at the word, let me tell you something. When you look at the word, it's impossible for a man to fulfill it, except this principle comes in. This, listen, the word is too broad. Let me tell you, some people in their lifetime will never know certain things by revelation. Never. Never. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invoke another law. It's called mercy. It's called a weight. Listen, every day that goes, the Bible says in Lamentations, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Coma. Because his compassions fail not, they are new. Listen, every morning, great is thy faithfulness. That means God's mercy, are you getting me, is available, are you getting me, for any man in the flesh every day. If you want to have, listen, listen, if today was hard, the moment you see morning, say this, there is mercy for me today. A man, a man set his family away, Jacob. He set his family away. There was an impending issue coming. There was a great man called Esau. That guy was going to finish him. And the Bible says he set his family away. He put them ahead. He put them ahead. Praise the Lord. It's somewhere in Genesis. 30. And the Bible says, and he stayed alone. The Bible says, and he wrestled with a man the whole night. Gaga, gaga. They are wrestling. I hear him. It's a wrestling match. The Bible says, until the break of dawn. He says, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched, praise the Lord. Now, first go back to the preceding verse. It says, and Jacob was left alone there. He wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. They are wrestling. There's a wrestling match. You bless him. The guy is crying. Are you hearing me? He's wrestling with an issue. Praise the Lord. The Bible gives us a figure of speech. I mean, this text is very... If you're a Bible student and you studied very clearly, the description of the man is vague. He just says a man. And the Bible says, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Praise the Lord. Next line. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, the man, the Bible says he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of the joint as he wrestled with him. Next line. 
And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. That's now morning. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. There's a principle. I mean, you're not going anywhere. But I like this principle. The man wanted to go in the morning. Praise the Lord. Morning. He said, ah, 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 I'm not letting you go. Except you bless me. Next line. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Praise the Lord. That means a man now has been blessed. Next line. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask my name? And he blessed him there. Praise the Lord. And Jacob called the name of the place Penel. Now listen. The guy goes. The man has been blessed. He's now Israel. The Bible tells us for he has prevailed. So he says, for you have power with God and with man. The man is leaving the presence. Are you getting me? With a limp. Praise the Lord. You know, that's very confusing. How can, how can a man, are you getting me? Wrestle with God the whole night. Are you getting me? And he receives a blessing. Even he has a name switch. Praise the Lord. But in the flesh, praise the Lord. The man is, is limping. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The whole night. The whole night. The man is a blessing. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. But what I was trying to say is God put the dimension of mercy in physical time. Meaning that I will love these men. I'll forgive them. Are you getting me? I will bless them. Praise the Lord. Because you see, one of the things that people don't understand is that the human flesh is limited. It fails. That means there are times God deals with us not according to the degree of what we know with him. It's like watching certain men and you say, you know what? That guy does not look like he has what he's experiencing in life, but there's a way he's there. I don't know how. I don't know whether you get me. There's some people you look at and he doesn't have your level of education. He doesn't carry the level or the degree of the understanding of the word of God like probably you do. You may not even carry the very faith that you, but the man is in a place, are you getting me? That does not look like him. That's the mercy of God. That's the mercy of God. Because he realized, you know what? Because of ignorance, because of ignorance, you know, there are things, let me tell you something, that you might never know in this physical world. But God, listen, is rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. That's why, let me tell you something. It's very funny that God can load one man. Are you getting me? With a lot of things. And a man comes and just does this. He releases, he imparts, and all of you receive. What a man has been walking in for 20 years. He just does this. And you guys receive a load of what the Lord has taken a man through for 20 years. God is like, that's mercy, by the way. <laughs> Are you getting me? It means I might have stayed up all night. Are you getting me? Then for you, just come and sit here for an hour and you understand everything. Why? Because you will never pay the price. Some of you don't have the grace to pay the price. That's why he gets men of God. He says, let me get, I call them gifts. He gets an apostle and sends him to a nation. That's why certain men, like Apostle Grace says, are gifts. Are you getting me to the world? God raises a man. Are you getting me? Just for you. The man just looks at you and blows wind. Are you and you receive everything the man has. In the twinkling of an eye. Ah! Because God is faithful. Let me tell you something. Let me be honest with you. That's why there's an order in ministry. Some of you will never pay the price 
It's not accorded to you. But still by this principle called mercy, God says you have to walk in it. Are you getting You receive things, are you getting me, that men have taken years. 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 And for you in one moment, one hour, one and a half, you're there. In one and a half hours, you become a millionaire in dollars. I get it. Can you imagine? That's God's mercy. You, a man, you kneel down, a man just does this, God is with you, and your life changes. He just does this, God is with you. You never went through the testations that men went through. Are you getting me? You never saw the ups and downs of that man. The man just did one thing. Paul comes that I made him part unto you spiritual things. That's mercy. That's not to the degree of your faith. Ah, that's to the proportion of God's mercy towards you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's why when I understood that principle, I said, listen, me, I can receive any way. Can you imagine? Naaman was a big man. There was a chick, a lady, she was a housemaid. She was his destiny helper. That means had Naaman not listened to a maid, are you getting me? He would have leprosy all the rest of his days. He said, but wait a minute. There's a prophet I know of. A maid. A maid can enter. Now, he didn't come to cook. Praise the Lord. But he came, are you getting me, to connect you to destiny. We're God. A maid. That's why when you understand this principle, you don't take men for granted. God can appear anyway. That's why, let me tell you something. As I speak these things, some of your eyes are going to open. Let me tell you why. The mercy of God, of course, to the sinner is unmerited. It's unmerited. Just like the grace of God, many people say unmerited favor. I agree. I agree. But when a man comes into Christ, these things are no longer unmerited. Mercy is not unmerited anymore. That means you deserve mercy. It's a weight. Jesus called it a weight. That means you ought to grow in the understanding of a weight. That means the more you become aware of it, just like Jesus said, he told a woman at the well, he says, if thou knewest, if you were aware of the gift of God and who it was, you'd have asked him, are you getting me, to give you living water and that you may never thirst. But she wasn't aware. That means, listen, the gift of God was before her, she was not aware. That means mercy is available for men. But their problem is they're not aware. They're not aware. They're not aware. God can do it anyway. That's why I love it. In the new covenant, he said in Hebrews 8, I just like God's approach. He said, I shall be merciful to their unrighteousness. Ah, that means that's the basis of the covenant that we're in. Verse 10, he said, for this is the covenant that I'll make with that house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my laws into their mind. I'll write them in their hearts. I'll be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Praise the Lord. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. I'll give you an example. Like we deal in ministry. You know, in ministry and there are many things. But sometimes it's not that someone wants to be funny or want to be crazy. But sometimes because the knowledge of God has not yet hit them a certain way. 
And because there are consequences of their life probably at the effect of how they were raised. Not that they want to be like that. Are you getting me? And sometimes these people are bringing, some people didn't have fathers, some people didn't have mothers, some people were in the home competing. Are you getting me? From food, it was a competition. The moment they serve blows. Pa, no me, are you getting me? Pa, are you getting me? The moment they see food, they first look at each other. Who is going to, are you getting me? They do this, are you getting me? You. <laughs> now then that guy gets born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Then he says, I'm going to be a nasha. Praise the Lord. He becomes an usher. Whoa! Every time he enters, he first looks at all ushers. That usher wants to take my place, that one. <laughs> but you see, God looks at them and says, hey, wait a minute. I know her issue. This knowledge hasn't yet hit her. And God starts blessing that person. As in, not because of their actions. No, he's merciful to their unrighteousness. That's the covenant we're in. Those are judgments. That's how he deals with certain, certain people seem to be in places that they don't look like they ought to be, but they are there. <laughs> That's God's principle. He's judging. He's judging. He's making judgments. He's making judgments. But it doesn't mean you need to continue to be funny. Praise the Lord. When knowledge comes, praise the Lord. Of course, people change. Revelation comes. That's why revelation comes to redeem. Revelation is redemptive in nature. The word redeeming means a releasing. That means the moment the word hits you by revelation, there's a release in your life. Where you're stuck, you find yourself passing. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So God put a principle. He called it a weight. He said, you know what? I have this principle. It's called mercy. It's called mercy. I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. So, when you understand that God is merciful towards you, you start realizing that, listen, despite the physical limitations and failures that I may have in the flesh, God is still faithful. That's something that's very important for every believer. Because if you don't understand that, sometimes men become legal. They don't carry the knowledge of what ought to bring them into the experience. And therefore, they try to put human effort to attain those things. Yet, he's merciful. I don't know that you get me. The Bible talks about a man called Zacchaeus. The Bible says he was in Jericho. The Bible says he was a very rich man. Very rich man. Scripture tells us, and many people wanted to see Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us. The Bible says he was little in stature. That means he had a limitation physically. He could not see Jesus in the crowd. He was a short man. That means guys are seeing Jesus for him, he's seeing bucks. Are you getting me? <laughs> this guy was not the favorite in that city. Sometimes rich people are not people's favorite. Praise the Lord. Masses don't like rich people. I don't know why. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible says, I like something very powerful. It says, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. That a little stature. Next line. And he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree. Now, there's something I want us to see. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Next line. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. He was rich. Next line. And listen, I love this. The Bible says he sought to see Jesus. The desire of his heart. He's like, I want to see this Jesus, who people are talking about. He has a physical limitation called height. Another person could call it money. Another person could call it disease. Whatever, you can put any limitation in the flesh. This man, the scripture tells us, 
there was a limitation in his physical life. Some people, it's their background. Sometimes it's their family. Some people, it's their eye, whatever it is. But the man had a plain desire. He says, I'm short, but I want to see him. Now he, he comes, he sees bucks only. He says, no. Are you getting me? He sees a chikamotri. The Bible says, and he jumped up and he saw. Now, it's funny. Jesus is passing. There are crowds. There are crowds. There are crowds. He sees a short man on a tree. He says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to abide in your house today. I'm not going to visit. Uh-uh. I'm going to, I like abide. Abide means I want to remain. I'm going to remain in your house. Because the man had a desire to see Jesus. Ah, He was hated. Right? He was a cheat. The man just said, you know what? I want to see Jesus. Jesus enters his house. They're having a meal there. The man says, this is the Jesus they're talking about. He walked, he stood up and said, you know what? I'm going to give to the poor. As in he, Jesus didn't tell him. Ah! Mercy sprang up in Zacchaeus. He said, now, let me start giving to the poor now, now, now. Why? Because Jesus saw a man who just had a simple desire. There were situations, he says, if I've cheated any man, that means he cheated. <laughs> it's true. Now I said, but yeah, how can he stay with that one? He says, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Listen, you see how you love Zacchaeus? He stole like a thousand dollars or a thousand shillings from you. And he paid you $4,000 or 4000 shillings, whatever it is. That means, listen, even those he cheated, he had mercy towards them in that he paid them. He said, I'm going to pay them four times. <laughs> Jesus didn't tell him pay. Wait, you see, ah. he just had mercy on the man. He just abided in the house of the man. And the man responded. See what mercy does. See what mercy does. Just mercy like that. Just like that. Just like that. That's why with this gospel, we don't fear anyone. You bring them. Bring whatever drug dealers, put them here. That's all. Jesus will meet them here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He gave to the poor. That means because of God's mercy towards us, we also become vessels of mercy. We didn't deserve him before we knew him. But the Bible says, for he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. That means his love draws us to love. Praise the Lord. You see, what I'm saying is, it sounds obvious. But are you getting me? But it's so powerful. That's why many people are stuck and they don't know why. Because they don't understand this principle. He said, you know what? I'm even going to increase it. I'm going to make sure that this principle. That's probably why. When you think about it. That's why the devil, Satan, cannot receive mercy from God. Have you thought about it? Because he's out of time. All we do, when he says, that's why, you know, God is kind. He knows that you cannot give mercy to people who are in the realm of time. For what they will do, he says, the Bible says, and they besought him. Let us leave this man and enter the swine. He says, okay, I grant your request, even to demons. He, he granted them, are you getting me, their request. He says, let us go into that swine. Let's leave this man and enter. Let's have a place of habitation. God did. Why? Because the devil, are you getting me? He's not in the physical realm. He was cast from the presence of God, are you getting me? Before the world began. 
Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not, he's not, the Satan is a spirit. He cannot receive mercy because he's not physical. He's not a man. God, God accorded mercy to men. God, it, it's for men. It's the portion of men. That's why when you understand this thing, listen, God can pick you from anything. Are you getting me? It doesn't matter. The Bible says, while we were still his enemies, the Bible says he reconciled us to himself. The Bible says, now that we are reconciled with him, Amplified Version says he shall daily deliver us from the dominion of sin. Listen, the man said, you are enemies to God. He reconciled you to, he gave you his very life. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. Why? Because he trusts only one thing, his son. Shed his blood and gave you his nature. Now that you're born again and you're the righteousness of God, shall he allow sin? Are you getting me to dominate in your life? Let me tell you, that's why when you understand this as a believer, you realize sometimes it's beyond what you do. But the most important thing is the understanding that because I am born again, I am daily delivered from the domination of sin. It's important for you to understand. That means you can wake up and be sure that every day you have a right to say that today is a great day. You have a right, by the way. You have a great day. That means nothing, are you getting me, in this physical world can stop you from what he did, the redemptive power through his son, Jesus Christ. Because when God realized the problem, he said, you know what? One man was disobedient. I'm going to send a man obedient. He says, elect, he calls us elect according to the foreknowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sanctified through the spirit and to obedience. This was a work of the spirit. Praise the Lord. He made us obedient by nature. This is, God's, this is God's mind towards us. That means even before we knew him, he had planned this for us. He was merciful towards man. Now that we're in Christ Jesus, praise the Lord. That's why when you look at the place where God meets men, according to the Old Testament, he told Moses, he said, build me an ark and put the seat above the testimony that's against them. That means... If there's anything that is accorded to their performance, which is the law, the place where I'm going to meet with them has to be above the law. Ah! That means if the guy, listen, if he committed murder, I want to meet him above that case. Ah, are you hearing me? He says, and there I will meet with thee. Go to verse 21. 20. He says, and the cherubim shall stretch forth. Now he's defining the ark, how he ought to build it. And the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high. Covering the mercy seat, praise the Lord, with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. Next line. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. Give it to me in the Amplified, verse 21, because of time. You shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark. And in the ark, you shall put the testimony, the Ten Commandments that I'll give you. Next line. There I'll meet with you. And from above, I'll meet with you from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims that are upon the ark of the testimony. I'll speak now. Listen, I'll speak intimately with you of all which I will give you in commandment to the Israelites. That means God says, you know what, Moses, I meet you above the law. Praise the Lord. And there, I'm going to be intimate with you. I'll give you instruction, are you getting me? For you to go and tell men. That means God's place 
Moses' place of communion with God was above the mercy seat, was on the mercy seat, which was above the testimony that was against us. Because the law focused on our performance. But the new covenant focuses on his faithfulness. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The focus is on his performance. The old covenant, that's why the Bible says it was banished. It was put on a shelf. It's full of dust, praise the Lord, because there's a new one. The old one focused on our performance. The new one focuses on his performance. His performance. Praise the Lord. His performance. That's why when a man understands this, that God's place of intimacy and relationship with me is above the law. A man learns to relate with God, not based on what he has done or not done. But a man starts relating with God at his terms, not at the man's. You see, temptation for any man to relate with God. Whenever men come in, in contact with God, naturally they look at themselves. They are scared of his majesty. But God says, no, what? I'm going to relate with them above what's against them, the law. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why when you understand this principle, you can invoke the mercy of God. That means you can seek the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Listen, when you understand this principle, you can seek the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Psalms 86 5. Psalms 86 5. It says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Listen, God is ready all the time. He's good and ready. God is ready to forgive. Praise the Lord. And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon his name. Praise the Lord. That means if you call upon a merciful God, the Bible says he's ready. That means you can be in a situation and listen, you probably don't have the means. You probably don't have the understanding. You're stuck. You can call upon the mercy of God. It's a law. That's why you realize two blind men, the Bible said, thou son of David. They said, have mercy upon us. They were blind. They were blind. And the Bible says, and when he came into the house, he said, do you believe that I can do this? And they said, yes. And the Bible says they were healed. That means... By mercy, they were able, blind men were able to see physically because they called upon the mercy of God. You can call upon his mercy. It's there for you. God is ready, listen, to help man. Listen, you have to have that understanding that God is always ready. It doesn't matter what a man does. It doesn't matter how a man messes up. He's ever ready. That's why he said, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness. And he says, and to their sins and iniquities, I'll remember no more. That's the new covenant. That's his dealing with us. That means when he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to shed blood for us. Because blood, listen, was the atonement. When he shed his blood, listen, we received eternal salvation. We were forgiven once and for all. Listen, you know, he's not planning to forgive us again. No, God forgave us eternally. He said, how do I end this issue? Let me send my own son, Jesus Christ. That's how he did it. He did it according to his terms. That means his son paid the ultimate price for sin eternally. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That means you can invoke the mercy. Those men invoked the mercy of God that they may receive sight. You, the new creature, even things that you don't see. Let me tell you, even in the things of the faith, there are certain things you want to see. You say, God, it's a long time since I saw any vision of destiny concerning my life. And you're stuck. 
And you don't see. Sometimes you can invoke the mercy of God. God is merciful. God is merciful because it's important. There are some people that are there. You have never had a vision concerning. Yes, a simple vision, a milestone concerning your destiny. You can get before God. Understanding mercy. Understand that, listen, I relate with him. Are you getting me at his terms? Not according to what I did or didn't do. But at his terms, he's merciful God. And you're before God. That's why I realize what Paul was saying. In Romans 12.1, if you use the amplified version. You see, Paul understood the mercy of God. He said things like this, and I was born out of time. That means there are men who saw Jesus. There were a number, Peter, Cleopas, the 12 disciples. Then the 5,000, then James. He says, but for me, I was born out of time. That means I didn't see Jesus in time. That means Paul never met him. There were men who could boast and say, we met the Lord. Peter met him. He was always with him. Praise the Lord. Cleopas was ever with him. The 12 were ever with him. And even in his resurrection, he appeared in order to certain men. That means certain men could boast in the flesh that I saw the resurrected Christ. Paul never had that chance. He calls himself as a man born out of time. So Paul says in Romans 12.1, I like how Amplified says, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of all the masses. He says, I beg you in view of the masses of God. He says, I'm begging you. He says, I'm begging you in view. Understand God's mercy. Understand God's mercy. He says, I'm begging in view of God's masses. He says, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, it's your rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, listen. Paul's call of sacrificing your bodies as living sacrifices unto God was in view of God's mercy. We know the principle about sacrifice. The Bible says the sacrifices of God, he says, are a broken spirit. That means if a man is broken, that is sacrifice. Ah, If a man is broken, that is sacrifice. Because there's no sacrifice. Are you getting me that? You don't get a cow and throw it to the altar and say, go to the altar. No, they break it, they kill it and lay it on the altar. Broken. That means if sacrifice has to be broken. That means he says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. Because the Bible is very clear. He says, God cannot ignore a broken spirit. That means when a man is broken, eh, God can't ignore that man. That means the principle of sacrifice is being broken before God. Everything. You lay yourself down. Meet for the master's use. That's why when he says that, he says, do this in view of God's mercy. That means when you break, you're sure God is able to lift you. When a man is broken, you are sure God can lift me because there's a principle called mercy. That's why there is no man mightily used of God that does not know how to break before God. Let me tell you, if you want to be used by God, if you want to defeat the devil in your life, learn to be broken before God. There is no real man of God I know that's not broken. If you're not broken, you cannot be used of God. Let me tell you, there is no man that can stand on a pulpit consistently and serve God mightily over the years and is not a broken man. Because there are places we get to and you realize, God, this one, eh? I am not Pastor Zach. 
This one, I'm your child. You get on your knees. You close your door and say, God, there is no man that can do anything without you. That's the place, let me tell you, that God makes men. You see, let me tell you something. We have a problem with this generation. People are not broken. People are so confident in themselves. Do you realize that when Jacob was with God, God broke something, and that was a blessing. Do you realize he broke the jawbone? That means the man was Israel, but with a physical limitation. So that God has a place to become strong in that weakness. Are you getting me? Ah, this was Israel. This was Israel. He said, this guy, if I leave him perfect in the flesh, uh -uh, he'll disappoint a generation. Let me break a certain place. That's blessing. He says that for you have power. Ah, You have power with God. That means a man is limping, are you getting me? But he has power with God. Hey, hey, you see a physical issue on the man, but that man, God has begun lifting. Let me tell you, some of you, there are things in your life and you look like you're broken. If a normal man saw you, they can't know that you're rising. They won't know, they won't know, they won't know. He's limping, but he's the father of the 12 tribes. Hey! Through that man, he's going to reproduce and give birth to the 12 tribes of Israel. That man is carrying tribes, but he's limping in the flesh. Some of you, let me tell you something. Those things are just to allow God to work. Let me tell you, those are places that are deeper than your revelation. That's why, let me tell you, who are we to stand here? No, 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 no. There was no chance. There was no chance. No way, no way. There was no chance. When you look back in the family, there was no man. There's no man. But that thing is for a man who knows how to first do this. And says, you know what? There are places where I am limited. My tribe can't work. My connections can't work. Let me tell you, there are places. There is no man. There is no man. I have listened. I have studied the word of God. I've studied. I've looked at men. There is no man who doesn't have that place. There is no man who touched a generation and is not broken. There is no man. There's no man. He says in view of God's mercy. Hey, Paul saw it. Paul saw it. No wonder he was buffeted. Are you getting me? With a temptation, in, whether it was enough, whatever. Paul, we know, we knew. He had a thorn in the flesh. But that was the wise master builder. Hey, there was a thorn. Let me tell you, some of you, God had to break you. Sometimes it's a relationship. Sometimes it's a certain provision. Sometimes it's a certain group of people. Sometimes he breaks a certain character. And you're getting me. Sometimes it's a reputation. Listen, that's your reputation, not his. Hey! There are people whose reputations have gone down, yet God is raising a man. Hey! Because your reputation is nothing. Yours, ah, yours in the flesh. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, and I believe it's happening. You know, I've asked God why. Why have you used some men and you haven't used others? Some looked the part, but they didn't affect the world. They looked like, you look at a man and you're like, no, 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 no. He knew too much. But I realized some men were proud. Let me tell you. And let me tell you, I love, you know me, I love. We have seen, sometimes you're with your father and he says, those were the richest men in our village. And the guy is a drunkard. He's 80 years on the sleeping. Those were the guys who first drove these cars in the 60s. You're like, is that the guy? Listen, those men were confident in themselves. Let me tell you, God cannot use a perfect man in the flesh. Never. 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 You know, if you accord your car flesh, <laughs> you see me, you see me, you'll never. What you have traded for is your place in God. Praise the Lord. That's why, let me tell you, I beseech you also. Listen, to present your bodies. The word, he used bodies, everything. Anything that defines body, anything that's to do with you, present it as a living sacrifice. 
Because one thing that happened with sacrifice, listen, whenever they put the sacrifice on the altar, the next thing was the fire. Yeah, fire had to do. There was a fire. There's no sacrifice without fire. And after the fire, the glory of God prevails. Let me tell you, God is breaking some people today. Because God wants to lift men. He's the lifter of men. You see, the world struggles with what we call the performance ethic. The world functions by personality. It's called the personality ethic. How you present yourself, that's the world. How you do this, that's the world. How? But the man behind that personality. Men have not grown. Men have not been broken enough to be used by God. A man wrestles with God and God blesses him. The Bible says he had power with God. A man carries power with God. Let me tell you, if you want to walk in power, if you want to affect this world, learn to be broken before God. Because he says a contrite spirit. Listen, that's why we have all these suits and all these things. And sometimes people are covered there. But there are huge scars in them. The thing is built. Again, some people can never walk in certain things because they are not broken. You know, I've asked that thing and said, God, listen, God can do anything. Let me tell you something. The Bible told us clearly. He said, with God, all things, not some. Now, listen, with God, with God, all things are possible. Is God with you? All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. That means when a man is with God, possibility. When you're sure, he's called Emmanuel. He called him, you see, he was a prophet in Jeremiah and Isaiah. He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus Christ was born, God appears to Joseph. And he said, listen, he says, your espoused wife, Mary, shall have a son. And the Bible says, and he shall be the fulfillment of the prophecy. Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God's presence moving with a man. Jesus walked with men in Jerusalem. Today he walks by his presence with us. Now he says, when you have that thing on your life, he says all things. Ah. He says that means when a man is sure, that means we start seeking a place. That's why we love to be in such places. Sometimes when you go beyond this place, you start realizing that you love to be alone. Because those are places where we are met. We are made there. Let me tell you, a real man is made there. Because the show you see publicly is a function of the secret place. That's where men are made. Jesus feeds 5,000. And the Bible says he went to the mountain to pray. <laughs> I mean, listen, such a thing. He has done a miracle. He has... <laughs> he says, I know the secret. He goes back up. The disciples say, hey, we have to cross. For them, they hurry. To cross. The man is with God. He's with God. Let me tell you, if you understand this thing, we're going to shake the world. Let me tell you, this is how we're going to shake. We are hidden men. You see, let me tell you, when you learn this principle, let me tell you, the devil, you fully disable him. Because this place, listen, God makes men. Because that's the place where men procure the mercy of God. There are things you get before God and say, God, this thing is too much. But it's you. I know it's you. The lifter of men. And before you let... Ah! That's our generation. That one. Let me tell you. That one. If we can get it in our day. Listen. I have looked at men. I'm a preacher. I study. I've looked through the scriptures. I've seen Paul where he was met. I've seen all these men. You look at Moses. You see there was a place God patterned the man. 
You look at Abraham and his experiences with God. There are some experiences Abraham had alone with God. But Moses, by revelation, wrote them. God gave him eyes to write them for me and you. But some of these moments were impossible for any man to tell because that was Abraham with God. So God said, you know what? Because I want Pastor Zach and all those guys to read it. He said, let me give revelation to Moses. That means he illuminated the mind of Moses and showed him the pattern of Abraham. That means we would never have known. We'd just see a father of many nations. We'd never know. But God said, no, they have to know. Let me tell you, when you understand that principle, God will trust you with secrets. Let me tell you, secrets that men, this world will never know. I believe when you understand that principle, the next greatest invasion is with a man in the secret place. The next biggest businessman is with a man. The next biggest ministry is in a man. But listen, we have to get before God and allow him. Become a sacrifice. Holy and pleasing. Sure of his mercy. Sure. He says, that's the place I meet with men. That one. That means even a believer, because of the mercy of God, can carry intimacy. Let me tell you, we're intimate with God because of his mercy. How does a man in the flesh have intimacy with God? That's why angels inquire with us. Now angels are here listening to me. Praise the Lord. They're here. They're all over the place, by the way. The angels here. Because, listen, we know. We have the life of God. They don't. When a man learns this, listen, God will draw things out of you. God will draw things out of you because of his mercy. You see, his mercy becomes his prerogative to bless you at his terms. It becomes the person. It's deeper than your faith in Christ. It's God's person. The personality of Jesus Christ ensures. He said, I will never leave you. That's him. We need to ask him. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I'll remember your sins and iniquities no more. Why? Relationship. That's why I want to speak over you right now. Listen, listen, listen. We can invoke the mercy of God in our generation. We can see things that we don't deserve. We can walk in places that we don't deserve. I believe the greatest worshippers are made in this place. The greatest ministers are made in this place. I believe that men that are going to touch the world, even in the physical world, even in the world of arts and sciences, even in the world of technology, even in the world of business, I believe that's where we manifest what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has not entered the hearts of men. I believe it. I believe it strongly. I believe that, listen, there are certain incurable diseases that only live in this realm. There are certain things that you just had to allow his mercy. There are certain things. There are certain relationships that are made right by his mercy. There are certain businesses that are aligned by the mercy of God. For the Bible says, for he loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Somebody just lift your hand. Just seek the mercy of God in this understanding. Listen, I believe God can lift. Listen, you can never be stuck when you understand. That God has placed mercy in time, in this time dimension, physical time. I believe when you become aware of its weight in your life, I believe certain things can change. I believe certain things can move. I believe things that, listen, you have prayed for a long time. Men of God have laid hands on you. Are you getting me? You have tried everything you can by the book, but it has refused. I believe 
when a man encounters the mercy of God people are encountering the mercy of God right now there are certain things that you will never let me tell you certain things are even hidden from your sight it takes the mercy of God blessed be the name of the Lord the Bible says for he is rich you see our faith is that he is rich he is a merciful God Somebody speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. We can procure it. That's why he says, come to the throne of grace. And the Bible says, and there you obtain. You op- there you obtain. You collect mercy. A certain version says, there you obtain mercy and find grace. Father God, we thank you that you're a merciful God. Father, we thank you that you're the lifter of men. Father, we are broken before you today because we know that mercy is a weight in our lives. This is something that you have purpose to place in our lives. I believe we can see greater things in our days. I believe we can do more in our days. I believe we can affect the generations more in our days. Because this knowledge has been increased of you. I believe the consequence of certain things ends today because we have understood your mercy. I believe it so hard. lifting somebody in this place I feel God taking a man out of a certain situation I feel certain things leave certain men I believe certain weaknesses leave because of this understanding
just lift up your hands right now. Just lift up your hands right now. I believe right now and I see it happening. Certain men are leaving certain situations that were impossible right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. Right now. There are things that only God deals with this understanding. Once this knowledge comes to you, the Bible says that just shall be delivered by knowledge. Certain deaths leave certain men in the mighty name of Jesus. Certain reproaches leave certain men in the name of Jesus. Certain incurable power of the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost. There are certain things you only receive in this understanding. There are certain visions, certain revelations that only come this way. There is certain direction that only comes this way. You're there and bam, it's there. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it, it's yours in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're sick in this place, receive your healing right now. Right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a bigger hand clap of praise. When you understand some of these things, you can only grow in the things of God. You will only move. Your life will be upward and upward only. Praise the Lord.